Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that meet in your face. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host and president of Crossroads Farm, Doug Rutledge. Hi, this is Doug, and this is the Homegrown Remix Podcast at Crossroads Farm. We're here with uh, four students, and I'm kind of excited about tonight. We're starting uh, our series on Christmas. It's going to last exactly one week, so it's not a real long series, but uh, I've got four students. I'll let them introduce themselves to you and um, tell you a little bit about themselves, and then we'll start talking about Christmas, then we'll talk about what we did at Crossroads tonight, what we talked about, which is what are the chances. Uh, I'm Riley Miner. I'm a freshman at Quincy, and I play basketball and baseball. Hi, I'm Eliza Nottingham. I'm a junior homeschooler. I'm Rachel Zuck. I'm a junior at Marshall High School, and I'm on the worship team. I'm Ben Appleton. I'm a senior at Reading High School. So, uh, guys, let me start with two really awkward questions. Let's start with the easy one. What do you think is the greatest Christmas gift you ever received? Like, what's the one gift, you know, like, this is the one. It may not have even been good, but what's that? When I was little, and our, all of us siblings, we all got one present together, and it was a dirt bike. And so we took it out for a ride, and I didn't know how to control it, so I turned myself right into a snowbank. Wow. And, yeah, it was, like, fun and all, and my siblings were laughing at me, and then here's little me. But, you know, that was my favorite one. Dirt bike's pretty good family gift. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Um, last year, my mom got me this children's book I used to read, Click Clack Moo. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So. Are you sentimental? Do you like sentimental gifts? I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just funny. Okay. So. Cool. Guys, no idea? Most memorable was probably, I got a Larry Fitzgerald jersey. Ooh. My seventh grade year, I think. Yeah. My wife bought me a six-shooter, a real one, with real bullets. And a holster, really? a gun oh. belt. Yeah, a few years ago. I like it. Really, no chance to like draw on people though. That's sort of frowned yeah. on. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was cool. All day I wore it. I like literally wore, wore it. All day. Yeah, over my pajamas for most of the day. Just <laughs> hey, don't make fun of me. I had a gun belt. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's another question. If you can think of this, what's the worst gift? <laughs> now, don't say, oh yeah, once my. But, or at least a really bad gift. I remember some epically bad gifts. You go first then. So, extended family Christmas once. My wife and I got capes. Maybe it wasn't us. No, I didn't get a cape. My brother-in-law got a cape. I got an undersized um, puffy vest. It was epically bad. I grew what, right around my 10, 11 year old age. I was at this phase where my grandma started giving me clothes from my grandpa. Oh yeah. From when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't great. <laughs> it's like hand me downs from your grandfather, but <laughs> that, that's pretty epic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. My sister, she like does online shopping, you know, and like she ordered these um pants that did not fit her and she knew they didn't fit me but she gave it to me for Christmas. Oh. I was like thanks. Yeah. So yeah. Very I got thoughtful. pants that she knew didn't fit me. You yeah. know those sailor dresses that your mom has you dress up when you're younger? No. My, my grandma I don't think my <laughs> No. Okay, yeah. My grandma got both my sister and I had those for Christmas. And my mom made us put them on and take a picture of them and send it to her grandma. <laughs> 
Okay, that's that's pretty bad. Do you remember anything bad? Uh, at a distant family Christmas one time, me me and my cousins were sitting there, and like my great aunt, uh, we one of my cousins said it'd be so bad if we got like a book, a multiplication book or something, and it just so happened to be that every single one of us got a multiplication book. One wow, time. that is nothing says love like more school. That's that's awesome. No, I hate reading, and when people get me books for Christmas, I'm like on the show like I I don't read I do not read in fact we just had a, a staff white Christmas white mm-hmm. elephant Christmas and there were three books <laughs> that were like in a pile and I'm like I'm do, I'm taking those so I did yeah. I don't even know if they're good but I'll read them all right so let's jump into tonight um, we talked about what are the chances the chances of Jesus accidentally being you know this guy that people mistook for the Son of God what are the chances and then the number was pretty ridiculously high um, it's it's uh, one in ten to the one hundred and fifty seven zeros after that. It, that's not actually a number. There, there's no like number. It's not quadrillion, quintillion. You know. Yeah. I don't know what. It like doesn't make sense to come up with a name for it at that point, right? So that's why all the zeros. So um, did anything stick out tonight? Anything that you know you're like I liked this part. This was the thing that I liked. I really liked how you hit home on the detail aspect of it. Like, yes, you did fulfill 48 prophecies, but how detailed they were is even crazier. About that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. What's your What's the wildest prophecy that we talked about? We We talked about like six or seven. The one that just stuck out, and you're like, that's that's crazy detail. Like falling to your death. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the chances of you know some, some one in thirty-two chances yeah. you'll get called to come on down at the Price is Right, and then falling to your death. It's like a yeah. hundred and like something like that. I wonder what the chances of being killed by a falling Christmas tree are. Because if it's possible, somebody's done it. Like, yeah. Somebody's done it. Anything stick out with you? Anything? I like how the wise men and how the king ordered for the firstborn to be old. So yeah, so there's this this sub story about Herod who goes all full on psychotic, and because um, he's so neurotic, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he killed his own family. So he wouldn't have a successor because he thought they would kill him, which is really the guy was the guy was messed up, right? Yeah. Um, but then he heard about Jesus, you know, being born from the wise men. And then this is kind of how we can put some timeline on it. Uh, the wise men came and said, we saw his star in the east. We saw his star. And now, you know, we're here where the, where the birth was, you know, prophesied. And, um, and Herod says, okay, I'm going to make sure. And he kills every child two and under. So he doesn't just kill newborns. That would have been simple in Bethlehem. Right. How many newborns were born, you know, in that one or two week stretch? But because it was a lot, it was two years older. In fact, when the wise men find (coughs) Jesus, they say they found the mother and the toddler. So the language is really specific in the Bible. They found a toddler, you know, so, and since he was the firstborn, I mean, he was Jesus, but he probably wasn't walking the first week. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's, That's good. Yeah. So let's talk about it. What do you say to your friends who say, eh, there's no real proof that Jesus is God? You could make that up. You can manufacture that. Well, like, I fully believe in Christ. Like, if you think about it, like, if you die and don't believe in him, but he's real, why not believe in something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. That didn't make sense, but. 
we didn't talk about Santa Claus at all, but the, you know, people believe in Santa Claus. More people believe in Santa Claus for the first, you know, 10 years, five years of their lives. And uh, more people believe in him than Jesus. Yeah. Which is weird to me in that Jesus is a historical character who can be proven historically. Santa, we all know, is fictional. And yet, you know, a lot of people believe. And now there were people, St. Nicholas and, you know, whatever. But yeah, some really interesting stats on that. Yeah. So the thing you look forward to most about Christmas is what? Just random Christmas question. My grandpa passed, so like, uh, and my sister and her husband moved to Tennessee, and my other sister moved to Oh, So, yeah. yeah, it's a lot different, I guess. Yeah. Now, like, for the past five years now, I've just been, like, building up my gun collection every Christmas, every <laughs> birthday, I just ask for guns. I'm just liking just going out and shoot, uh, like, during deer season or rabbit season, so. Nice. That's really nice. I'd say getting all my family together again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this uh, just a couple days ago, there was uh, there was a kid in Concord who committed suicide, and that's um, four in a really really small area around us. So um, I that I think that's the question that I wanted to ask you guys a little deeper, a little more meaningful. But, you know, we talk about the chances. We talk about the hope that Christmas brings. If you're a believer, there is some of that. So a young, you know, young uh, kid commits suicide. That means that there's absolutely no hope in Christmas for, for them. Right. So this is a hard question, but what would you say to a kid who says, Christmas is miserable, it's horrible, there's no hope for me. I'm, I'm you know, I think I'm going to end it. It's a really hard question, but it's a really... I think reminding them the season, that it's a season of giving and not a season of receiving. That they're in a time of like, they're needing that receiving. But yes, see, like you do see no hope in yourself, but let me help you see the hope. Huh. And um, give to them in a sense, because they are needing that gift and receiving something. That's interesting. So this sparks just a different question. So do you go out of your way to do something for someone that you normally wouldn't do it for during Christmas? Like, how does Christmas change the way you act each day as you come up to Christmas? Because I would think, as believers, it would change the way you think about the crowds around you. Like, me personally, like, I don't think of it just as Christmas. Like, I try to help people during the whole year. Like, I guess like when you think of Christmas, you think of like who doesn't have their family around, mm. who are homeless, um, the soup kitchens, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that that only feels like it's around like Christmas time. I'd say you're reminded of why we're here. You all live your life every day regularly, and something like Christmas is coming up. You're reminded of that Christ was born, Christ is here, Christ died. Just that story, and it reminds you of why we're supposed to be here. And off of that, like remind them that Everyone's here for a reason, and everything's part of God's plan. Like, you just have to be patient and let it all fall into place. Even the really bad stuff? The really hard stuff? Well, I mean, these babies died, but what did it bring? It, bring, it brought a gift of forgiveness and peace. It's a pretty big cost, right? Like, it's, that's a pretty big cost. That uh, all these children paid for Christ's birth, in a way, with their, with their life. That's a... That's a weird twist on the story. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, there were, 
it says Rachel's crying, like Rachel's weeping for her children, and that's a powerful part of the story. That the shows cost. how valuable Jesus was at that moment, that God would move him and protect him from what this king was about to do. It's mm. good. So your favorite part of the, um, of the Christmas story, of the narrative? going to pick just one part and you're like this is, I just always kind of liked this part when the shepherds saw the angels that's your favorite part why do you like that part they were afraid it just it's brought a little bit of normalness to the to the story because there's no way I would not be afraid <laughs> everybody's always afraid when they see angels in the Bible it is, it is true pretty almost are they scary looking yeah well if you're <laughs> I mean, they aren't really, really—they aren't really, really pretty people with blonde hair and wings. It's not. I don't know what they appear like, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, if you I've read some of the, like, beautiful, like how like we perceive them to be. Yeah, if you if you read the biblical accounts of the cherubim and the seraphim, yeah. you know, they're they're weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd definitely be scary. So yeah, like seeing something scary like that, like having hope and like believing in it yeah i think that's cool that uh, you know how many shepherds could say oh we saw a multitude of heavenly hosts <laughs> it's pretty cool do you think their friends believed them i wouldn't know you'd have thought they were making it up all right would you believe them I guess, like, see for myself. Show me one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Um, I do think that, you know, we're talking about the hope of Christ and, and what happened at birth began the process. The next 12 years of his life, he's growing up, and I just think of how awkward that had to be. He had to learn to walk, mm. and somebody had to change his diapers. You're, you're the son of God. Nobody's ever really changed diapers before. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. He had to be, you know, was he aware That's the entire weird to time? That's think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is weird to think about. Yeah. So, well, guys, thank you. It's great. Next week, doing Christmas, and, uh, you know, thank you guys for talking. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious Rich Roast Coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org. And contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader, a four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook, Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI. Also on Insta and Twitter.